Thanks for joining us here in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Crossroads Church. It is an honor to partner in the work of the ministry with Linda and Bishop Dabney. Um, Bishop Dabney came and spoke at our men's uh, breakfast uh, last year. We have had Linda here every uh, January since I've been here, and I hope that we continue to do that. Um, Thank you for the work that you do. As the children were leaving, they come, a couple of them came up and uh, gave me um, this gift, and it has the books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, and it reminded me, this Saturday, we're going to walk through the Old Testament. 39 books. Very confusing. But if you'll come and join us Saturday uh, at 9 o'clock, we'll be here. I'd get here early. Um, you're going to have a better understanding of the Old Testament than you've ever had in your life. And I believe that it will challenge you to read more of the Old Testament. Speaking of God's Word, if you have your copy, I'd encourage you to open up to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. If you don't own a copy of God's Word underneath you, Um, In the seats, there are copies of the Bible. We'd encourage you to pull one of those out and use that. But I'm going to read from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes 3. It says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Verse 9, what gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of men to be busy with. Verse 11, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has put eternity into man's heart. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you that we have got to worship. Lord, we have seen Jesus Christ lifted high already today. God, I just ask that here on this Sunday that we call Sanctity a Human Life, Lord, that, that I would do justice to your view on what life is and how important it is. 
God, I pray that our hearts would be stirred into how we can better appreciate life the way that you have created it. Speak to our hearts today. God, give us strength that we would stand up, that we would not be silent, that we would cry out for life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In 2014, I was in the Air Force. I was stationed at Eglin Air Force Base. I worked in the hospital there. And there was an outbreak of Ebola that had happened. And there was a big concern that um, Ebola was a very deadly disease. And the concern was that it was going to make its way here into the United States. Carrie didn't know this, but at the time in the hospital that I was at, uh, um, I led the team that was put together so that any Ebola case that came to America would be brought to our hospital. Not something that you look forward to. This is a very scary disease when it first came onto the scene. Here's what they told us. They told us that Ebola is a rare but deadly virus that causes fever, body aches, diarrhea, and sometimes bleeding inside and outside of the body. As the virus spreads through the body, it damages the immune system and organs. Ultimately, it causes levels of blood clotting cells to drop. This leads to severe uncontrolled bleeding. The Ebola virus causes severe and often deadly illness known as Ebola virus disease. Fatality rates during this outbreak could be as high as 90%. That's what they expected, that 90% of the people that we would treat would die. It produced hemorrhagic fever, a condition that also can be brought about by other types of viruses, but Ebola produced it in such a, one of its most lethal forms. In addition to other symptoms that I mentioned, it would uh, damage the blood vessels internally and externally. But here's what we know today. The mortality rates during this Ebola outbreak could have ranged from 25% to 90%, but the average ended up being less than 50%. And death usually was caused as a shock due to the uh, fluid loss, not uh, the blood loss that what was so uh, devastating about it. There were 28,000 cases between um, 2014 and 2016, and 11,000 of those were fatalities. What we learned was that recovery seemed to depend on how much of the virus the person was initially exposed to. Let me know if you heard this before, how early treatment is started on the patient's age and the immune response that their body has. Chances of survival could be improved with early supportive care, including maintaining body fluids, electrolytes, and monitoring blood pressure. This would allow enough time for the body's immune system to fight off the virus. Younger people could appear better to have recovery rates better than older people. Those who recovered developed antibodies that would last for 10 years. And some survivors developed long-term complications that affected their joints and vision. Ebola virus was spread through direct contact with blood or other bodily fluids. Fast forward six years, coronavirus in 2020, COVID-19. What we were told, that it was both airborne and direct contact. I don't know what you all went through those first couple of months, but at my house I had somebody in charge that took this seriously, and every Amazon box that arrived at our house got sprayed with a, a solution, and it had to sit there for six hours. Have you had to wait six hours to open up your Amazon packages before? You talk about first world problems. 
the shoes we couldn't wear through our house because that would just track the, the, the disease throughout the house. And so uh, we had to start taking our shoes off. And not only did we take them off, but we sprayed them with that same solution. We began wearing uh, masks and not just for surgical procedures. And we were told, give us two weeks and we'll flatten the curve. What we know now. In March 2020, the coronavirus, when it hit, had, if one person caught it, they would spread that to two to three people. That's, that's a, a, a very spreadable virus. Twelve months later, they introduced us to the Delta variant, and one person would spread it to four people. And what they found out, that this was the most deadly strain of coronavirus. This is the one that you have relatives that spent months in the hospital and still to this day probably haven't fully recovered. Then we found out that they used nursing homes to send the elderly to, which was the last place that it should happen, and, and the death rates um, skyrocketed, especially in nursing homes. 768,000 COVID cases were confirmed in nursing homes throughout the United States, and 142,000 of those were fatalities. Here in the state of Illinois, here are the statistics. There's been, to date, 2.5 million cases. Now, in a state of 12.6 million, um, that's one out of every four. And I bet if I asked you to raise your hands, we, you may see that number here. And, and I'm bringing this off of the Illinois.gov site, Department of Public Health. They had two numbers here. They have deaths and probable deaths. Deaths were 29,099. Those were the deaths we were told about when this first came out. And then probable deaths is what they've corrected it to, that they believe this actually, COVID was a, a direct indicator or reason for the death is 3,433. Today, we are talking about the Omicron variant. Told you when it first came out, one person could affect two to three. Uh, when the Delta variant came out, one person could affect four. Today, the Omicron, one person will infect 10 people. December of 2021 is when the World Health Organization said that it had not seen any reports of deaths caused by the new variant. And to date, it still is not, we're not seeing that. What we are seeing is everybody getting sick from it. Take you back to Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 11. And it said that he, speaking of God, has put eternity into man's heart. Now, if you took that Hebrew word, it's olam. And that the word olam can be translated into the future. God has put the future into each of our hearts. We have a divinely implanted awareness that our soul lives forever. Even the people who deny the existence of God, even the people who uh, don't appreciate you gathering on Sundays, even the people who don't believe that this is God's holy word, a supernatural book, they know, their, their spirit tells them that their soul will live forever. We call this the concept of life. And I want you to know that this concept of life is what unites us. But I'll tell you this, 
that this concept of life is also what has been used to divide us. How say it divide us? I'll give you a very good example. Black Lives Matter. People hear that term and begin to automatically justify their position on that. It's an indictment on us that we would ever have to say those words. And it's been used to divide us. It's been used to divide churches. It's been used to divide families. It's been used to divide coworkers. There's another saying out there, blue lives matter. And it's almost like you've got to pick. Do you believe that black lives matter or do you believe that blue lives matter? And then heaven forbid if you say all lives matter. Each of these terms have been used to divide us. Why? Because the concept of life has been leveraged throughout our culture to divide us. I believe that unborn lives matter. I'm talking about abortion. And the topic of abortion has been used to divide our country since 1970. Are you pro-life or are you pro-choice? I don't know if you know this, but on December 17th, 2021, not only was that last year, folks, that was last month. Our governor signed legislation to repeal a requirement that parents or guardians be notified when a minor is seeking an abortion, calling in an effort to safeguard reproductive rights that are being stripped and threatened elsewhere. California, Colorado, and Illinois are leading the way when it comes to this topic. And they're leading away with a pill that a young lady can just call a number and have them mailed to her. They named this pill choice from the French word C-H-O-I-X, which is pronounced choice. It's an abortion pill. Illinois has made this front and center. This is what every clinic that practices abortion is pushing. The, here, here's what the, the manufacturer says. This medication for anyone 16 and older in California, 18 and older in Colorado and Illinois, looking to safely end a pregnancy in the first 10 weeks from the comfort of their home, without an office visit or an appointment, necessary medications for the abortion, as well as supportive care for side effects are provided to those who qualify. We will review your medical history and preferences within 24 hours. Medications should arrive a couple days after you check in with a provider and submit your consent forms. Questionnaire takes about five minutes to answer. Medications and virtual care are only $289. This includes priority shipping. Folks, the church, not the Supreme Court, will one day have to answer for being silent on the topic of abortion. It was because the church was silent in the 70s and 80s that we're where we're at today with abortion. Oh, I know. We said, well, it's the right of the mother. Who are we to interfere with their rights? I know. We said, it's the first trimester. When does life really begin? I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't know that answer. Today, we're talking about the third trimester. Governor Ralph Northam of Virginia, a pediatric neurologist, not just a lifelong politician, a pediatric neurologist, 
said these words, third trimester abortions that are done in cases where there may be severe deformities, there may be a fetus that's non-viable, he said. If a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered. The infant would be kept comfortable. The infant would be resuscitated. I, I don't understand kept comfortable and having to resuscitate it if that's what the mother and family desired. And then a discussion would ensure between the physicians and, or ensue between the physicians and the mother. This is the conversation. And the, the, the indictment on us as a country is that we're silent on this. Not only do I believe that unborn lives matter, I believe that life matters. I believe that the 20-year-old life matters. Now, I know sometimes moms and dads, we want to take those 20-year-old lives in our hands and strangle them, but those lives matter. The decisions that they make matter. And it's hard to, to stand by and watch a younger brother or sister, to stand by and watch a, an adult child. It's hard to stand by and watch friends make decisions that are going to impact their lives and they don't realize the impact that's going to happen. I believe that 30-year-old lives matter. Now, I get it. It's sometimes, sometimes they're in the 30s and, and, and I think that uh, my wife was given some very disheartening news when we were in our 20s. Uh, a lady that she looked up to in our church um, I think made the statement that husbands don't mature until in their 30s. And, and Carrie said, Lord, help me. And thank God he did. And so in our 30s, we started to make better decisions, but we still made bad decisions. And even in our 30s, in the midst of making good and bad decisions, our lives matter. But so what happens in our 30s is we start caring for other younger lives. And then we start looking at life just a little bit differently. Because it's one thing to read about it in a textbook. It's one thing to watch it on CNN. It's another thing to hold it and call it yours. I believe that when we're in our 40s, our life matters. In our 40s, we've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And nobody cares except us. I believe that when we get into our 50s, life matters. I don't know who came up with these sayings that 50 is the new 40 and 60 is the new 50, but I embraced it this week when I turned 52. So I'm 42. When our 50s, when life is good, Matter of fact, I've heard Carrie's mom say this, though, you know, don't look beyond those years. Those are great years. I joke with uh, the young couples with kids that it's in the 50s that you enter the promised land, the empty nest, where you can love on your grandchildren and send them home with sugar. Matter of fact, uh, yesterday I bought a box of gummies to go with them. I believe that senior lives matter. And unfortunately, in our country, we have a conversation going on about the topic of euthanasia. And if you don't know what the word euthanasia means, it's physician-assisted suicide. 
Here's an article from last week. Victor Escobar sits at his home during an interview in Cali, Colombia, Thursday, January 6th, 2022. Escobar, who suffers chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Anybody know with somebody with chronic COPD? Oxygen dependence. You know a friend like that? Lack of muscle control and secondary effects from a stroke is scheduled on the evening of January 7th to become the first person to receive euthanasia legally without being a terminally ill patient. See, this is what happens. When abortion came on the scene, they said, but it's the first trimester. We don't even know. It's no longer the first trimester. They're talking about the third trimester and delivering babies and then making a decision. In America, not Colombia. And here in Colombia, just this week, they've made it illegal for a person to receive euthanasia without being a terminally ill patient. Because that's where we started. Well, look, nobody wants to live like that. But even those people who don't want to live like that, God has put within their heart a desire for life. And you can't take that away. You can talk to somebody on their deathbed, and yes, they're ready to see Jesus, but no, they're not ready to go. Because that is what God has put into the heart of every one of us. That's what makes us different than animals. In Illinois, last year, 27,500 people died from heart disease. 24,000 died from cancer. Seven, almost 7,000 died from stroke. And almost 3,000 died from the flu or pneumonia. COVID, 15,000 is what they put here. They left off this one number, 42,000 abortions. In Illinois, just down the road on 64, Fairview, Planned Parenthood, beautiful building, built in the secret of night. Nobody knew what that was going to be until they opened it up. Worship team, will you come back up? You heard them sing this song called So Will I. I want to just go through some of the lyrics with you, and we're going to sing this one more time in closing today. It says, if the stars were made to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. If the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. For if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. If the wind goes where you send it, so will I. If the rocks cry out in silence, so will I. God of salvation, you chased down my heart through all of my failure and pride on a hill that you created, the light of the world, Jesus Christ, abandoned in darkness to die. Your life matters. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I'm here to tell you that your life matters. If you are 10 years old, 12 years old, your life matters. There is so much ahead of you. There is so much that God wants to do through you. I got a text last night from one of our uh, church members sharing with me a, a particularly hard time in life. 
where they were in the hospital for nine months. And all I could think was, God wasn't done with you yet. I sat yesterday across the desk, heard very similar stories of someone else that's here in our church. And all I could think was that God wasn't done with you yet. I told you the story about passing out while we're driving down the interstate and God miraculously allowed Carrie to get us safely to the side of the road. And all I could think of was that God wasn't finished with me yet. And I'm here to tell you that if you've got a pulse, and if you don't, call 911. <laughs> but if you've got a pulse, that God is not done with you yet. Your life matters. And, and I, I just want to tell you something. It's not about your life. It's about the lives that you're going to impact. It's about the lives that you're going to change because God changed your life. The reality is this, folks. We either are going to have two births or we're going to have two deaths. Jesus sat and he ex tried to explain this to one of the Pharisees. And he said, what do you mean? Could I be, go back into my mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus said, no, there's the water birth, and then there's a spiritual birth. And if we don't experience that second spiritual birth, one day we will experience two deaths. One is the physical death, whether it be by abortion, whether it be by euthanasia, whether it be by whatever the circumstance is or whatever, that I went down those statistics, cancer, heart disease. And this is what the Bible says, and then the second death. And the second death is this, separation for all eternity from the Creator. Not just the Creator of the world, not just the Creator of all the galaxies, not just the Creator of everything that you've ever touched, but the creator of you, your heart, your soul. Folks, there are decision cards in the book. I hope that if you don't know where you're going to spend eternity, you've never made that decision to have that second birth. You need to pull this card out and read the back of it. The song finishes this way. I can see your heart eight billion different ways. You know, there's almost eight billion people on this earth right now. Every precious one, a child, you died to save. If you gave your life to love them, so will I. It's time, church, for us to stand for life. It's time for us to quit being silent to quit worrying about what people's opinions are of us. Quit being worried about being called a Bible thumper. It's time for us to value life. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. You see, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight. 